I go to the word of the Lord at this time. I want to speak today from the 23rd Psalm. The 23rd Psalm. I want you to stand while I read that Psalm and let's see if we can dig into this and hear what the Lord would have to say to us and how he would bless us. I hope that this Psalm will take on new meaning after we have studied it on today. Psalm 23 and 1. Jehovah is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadows of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. And surely... Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of Jehovah forever. You may be seated. Notice that in the earlier manuscripts of the Bible, this psalm begins with the proper and specific name of God, which is Yahweh, or Jehovah. Around 300 B.C., the Hebrews stopped using the name Yahweh, or Jehovah, because they felt that it was too high and too holy for them to speak. They started using God's title, Adonai, a Lord instead, and to differentiate the Lord from the other lords that were on the earth, they used all capital letters, L-O-R-D, whenever the name Jehovah was mentioned. And because the Hebrew alphabet does not transliterate precisely with the English, has no vowels, the name of God was written Y-H-W-H. R-J-H-V-H, symbolizing Yahweh, or Jehovah. The meaning of Jehovah, or Yahweh, is the existent one. God, who is self-existent. God, who is eternal. God, who is independent. Jehovah implies that he is the God who brings into existence whatever exists. He's the God who's always present, always powerful. Jehovah spoke to Moses out of a bush that burned but was not consumed. God was represented by a fire that used no fuel. If it burned in the bush all day and the bush did not 
burned and turned to ashes, then that was a fire that burned without fuel. And if we could have fires that burn without fuel, airplanes that flew, cars that drove, stoves that cooked without fuel, we would have mastered one of the greatest challenges that we face on this earth. We're dependent on fossil fuels, coal, solar energy, wind, to generate the energy that we need. But Jehovah creates whatever he wants to create, does whatever he wants to do, and he does not need to consume anything to exist or to survive. And we've got a God like that on our side, then we just know all our needs are going to be met. So in the original manuscripts, the psalm would say, Jehovah is my shepherd. And whenever I say, I think, Jehovah, or Yahweh, I remind myself that he is the self-existent one, the source of all things, the creator of everything that is. You've got the God in your life, flung the stars against the blackness of the night, that created the sun, the moon, that made everything that exists. That's the God who's in your life. And if that God is in your life, why would you worry about what you need? Why would you worry about those things that might be a part of your life in the future? The Lord is. Jehovah is. Jehovah is. And I, I could stop right there. I wouldn't have to go any further into the psalm the message would be complete. The entire nature of an individual's life is impacted by his belief and response to the fact of God's existence. Belief in the existence of God is an assurance that every individual ought to cultivate and develop. And the magnitude and intricacy of this vast universe the complexity of the animal and human life on the earth loudly confirm the existence of God. If you are wise and if you are observant, you cannot look out on the complexity of life on earth and on the earth itself and not believe in God. Are there any believers in God in the house today? God is. Jehovah is. Psalm 8 and 3 says, when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you've ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him? The existence and the arguments and the indications of the existence of God call for faith and they call for commitment in God. For Hebrews 11 and 5 says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek after him. God is. Psalm 18, 44 says, Jehovah lives. Jehovah lives. And blessed be my rock, 
and let the God of my salvation be exalted. God is. God is my shepherd. This tells us that God is a shepherd. God has the heart of a shepherd. He has the love of a shepherd. He assumes the responsibility of a shepherd in our lives. He has the focus of a shepherd. Sheep are a shepherd's priority. Tell your neighbor, you are God's priority. The shepherd knows the sheep, understands the sheep, concerned about the sheep, sacrifices for the sheep, will risk his life for the sheep. And so not only does the psalmist say God is a shepherd, he says God is my shepherd. He uses the term my. Psalm 103 says, Know thee, know that Jehovah, he is God. It is he who has made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. And if God is our shepherd, then we must deliberately choose to be his sheep and have a sheep-like spirit. Sheep cannot survive and thrive without a shepherd. And so what a glorious revelation that we can say God is my shepherd. The writer Larry Stockstill reminds us that we have in this psalm reflections of several of the major divine names of God in the Old Testament. So in verse 1, we find Jehovah Rohi, the Lord is my shepherd. Jehovah Rohi. Would you say that after me? Jehovah Rohi. Psalm 95 and 6 says, O come, let us worship and bow down. Let's kneel before the Lord our maker, for he is our God. And we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. The Lord is my shepherd, Jehovah Rohi. I shall not want. Come on, tell your neighbor, I shall not want. For many of us, this is the first verse we learn as children. Lord my shepherd, I shall not want. Down the fog would go into the food. This was the first verse that many of us learned as children. But this sentiment is expressed in another of the major divine names of Jehovah, which is Jehovah Jireh. Genesis 24, 14, Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide, a Jehovah Jireh. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. These are words of acknowledgement. The words of thanksgiving. The words of faith. The psalmist here expresses the thought that he is not and shall not be in need or want of those things 
that are essential to him. Tell your neighbor, I am not and shall not be in want. In other versions of the Bible, the Bible says, I lack nothing. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything that I need. And Paul said in Philippians 4.19, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. The saint has the confidence that Lord, the Lord will meet our needs and supply for us those things that we want. So we don't live in fear, we don't live in terror, in want, in concern for what will come in our direction tomorrow. The Lord shall supply all your need. So the psalmist is not saying that God is some kind of errand boy rushing around to provide for every whim and every desire that might come or be brought to our minds. He's saying that God works to God. No, David works. David says, I work to govern and limit the selfish and fleshly desires of the physical man. In other words, he said, I don't want everything I see. I'm not grabbing for everything that is around me. I control my wants and my desires. The philosopher Diogenes was confronted by the great emperor Alexander who wanted to honor him and bless him and said to Diogenes, what can I do for you? Diogenes looked up and said, would you just move over a little bit? You're blocking out the sun. And I was sunbathing. All he wanted was to enjoy what was available to him, the beautiful warmth of the sun. And sometimes we want so much and we desire so much and we drive ourselves into a frenzy trying to reach out. But David says, I govern and limit the selfish and fleshly desires of the physical man. You don't need everything you might want. And you should not want everything you see. Are you with me today? And sheep are content to follow the shepherd. So they trust in the shepherd to provide for those things that they need. He is most happy who wants the fewest things. Are you with me today? We get in so much trouble because we think we really need so much stuff that our flesh might desire. But Paul said in Philippians 4 and 11, listen to this. Not that I speak in regard to need, but I've learned that in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I've learned to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things. That's what Paul said. I can endure all things. I, I can do all things through Christ that strengtheneth me. If that's your goal, clap your hands and praise God. I just want to kind of take our time and walk through this this morning. 1 Timothy 6 and 6 says, Now godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world. And it is certain that we can carry nothing out. So having food and clothing, with these we shall be content. No, you don't just have to have that hat. 
No, you don't just have to have that dress. No, you don't just have to have those gaiters. You can do without it. And the happiest person on the face of the earth is the one who sees something, says it's nice, but I can do without it. I'm just happy to be alive and to be well and to be on this earth. So it seems to me the psalmist is saying that sting things and stuff will not be my first priority. I'll not be driven by the desire for a multiplicity of things. I'll be content to follow the shepherd and to receive those things that the shepherd provides. So this first verse that we've read summarizes, includes, and encompasses all the rest of the verses of the psalm. Jehovah Rohi tells us who God is and what he is. And the rest of the psalm tells us what God does. And we've observed that God is Jehovah Rohi. He's our shepherd. And God is Jehovah Jireh. He's our provider. And then verse 2 of this 23rd psalm says, He makes me to lie down in green pastures. And he leads me beside the still waters. Now this portrays the thought and the atmosphere of peace and reminds me that God is called in Judges 6, 23, Jehovah Shalom. Say that, Jehovah Shalom. Judges 6, 23, then the Lord said to him, Peace be to you. Do not fear. You shall not die. So Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called that altar Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is peace. Will you say that after me? The Lord, the Lord is, peace. is peace. Jehovah Shalom. In the wilderness, prey animals might be victimized by predators who are very careful about lying down. Prey animals are very careful about lying down. They've got to constantly be on their feet. They've got to constantly be ready to run. Their enemies are most likely to destroy them when they are asleep, or at least when they are lying down. So the little antelope and the little deer and the various animals that are prey animals, watchful, and they are constantly on their feet, ready to run and ready to escape. Sheep ruminate. They chew their food twice. They have a four-part stomach. And the food they consume goes first into the rumen, which is the first and largest compartment of the stomach. And then the sheep will lie down, if possible, and chew again the food that had been consumed. This is called chewing the cud, and then passes it on to the other compartments of the stomach. And so a healthy sheep spends many hours a day just re-chewing and chewing the cud. And this is done usually while lying down. To meditate on God's word is compatible to chewing the cud. And Paul said in Philippians 4, 8, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, 
whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate or chew on these things. The same good word for both. Another problem that sheep have is that sometimes when they lie down, they cannot get back up again. When some of y'all lay down, you have trouble getting back up again. But sometimes when the fleece is thick or when they are pregnant or when the grass is long and deep, they get stuck on their backs. And if they are not assisted and flipped and set aright, sheep can suffocate while they are on their back. This is called casting, or to be cast. When a sheep is on his back and can't get up, he is casted and He's casting, he's cast. And this helps us understand what David was talking about in Psalm 42 and 11 when he said, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? In other words, I'm stuck on my back and my soul is about to suffocate. Hope thou in God, for I will yet praise him who is the health of my countenance. Then the psalmist when had himself together by the power of Almighty God and was trusting in God. In Psalm 4 and 8 says, I will both lie down in peace and I'll sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. Proverbs 3.24, when you lie down, you will not be afraid. Yes, you will lie down and your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden terror nor of trouble from the wicked when it comes for the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. Come on, clap your hands and give praise to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Psalm 23 and verse 2 says, he, make, he leads me beside the still waters. God will not lead you into situations where you will be overwhelmed or destroyed. If you follow God, you will be safe. So the psalmist said, he leads me beside still waters. I'm told that a sheep needs to drink as much as a gallon of water every day. I'm also told that they're not good swimmers and that in swift currents, they can be carried away by the current and they can drown. This is why Paul said in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, he will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but he will with the temptation provide a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. The Lord leads you beside still waters, safe waters, peaceful situations. And then he says in Psalm 23 and 3, he restores my soul. To restore is to give back or to build back or to place back. It is to recharge, to encourage, it's to heal, and to drink still cool water, give strength to the spirit and to the body. And this reminds us that God is Jehovah Rapha. That's what God is called in Exodus 15 and 26. I am Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals you, or the God that restores you. Jehovah Rapha, the God that restores. And this refers both to refreshing, like drinking cool, refreshing water, it refers, it refers to being restored in terms of your life and your vitality. All we like sheep have gone astray. 
but the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. We are refreshed, we are built up because Jesus bears our sins and our sorrows. But then also, Psalm 23 and verse 20, uh, verse 3, he leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. God is true to his name. Jeremiah 23 and 6 says, Now this is the name by which he will be called Jehovah Tishkanu. The Lord is our righteousness. This means that God reckons us to be righteous, that he washes us, that he helps us to be clean, and he helps us to stay clean. If you follow the shepherd, he will lead you in the right way, in the right direction. And his name, Jehovah Roha, assures us that his, uh, uh, that his sheep will have his excellent and diligent care. He'll lead us in the right path. He'll lead us in the right direction. The Bible says that all things work together for good to those who love the Lord, to those who are the called according to his purpose. And then we move on to verse 4, Psalm 23. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And this lets us know that God is Jehovah Shammah. Ezekiel 48, 35 says, The name of the city from that day shall be called Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is there, or the Lord is present. We walk through the valley in the shadow of death, and all of us have our valleys. All of us have our periods of darkness. But God's presence assures us that we will go through the valley. We'll not just come to the valley, but we'll go through the valley. Will you tell your neighbor, neighbor, you won't just come to the valley, but you will go through the valley. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The valley is not the happiest and most blessed place, but the Lord is there. And if Jesus goes with me, I'll go anywhere. It's heaven to me, wherever I be, if he is there. In 1 Kings 20 and 28, the Israelites and the Syrians were at war with one another. And in the first battle, the Israelites overcame the Syrians and defeated them in battle. And the Syrians got back from the situation and tried to understand why they were defeated and why they were beaten in battle. And they said, well, they beat us because their God is the God of the hill. And we fought them in the hills. But if we will fight them in the valley, we'll overcome them. And we will win in war against them. And so the next battle, the Syrians enticed the Israelites down into the valley. And the Israelites came down into the valley and defeated the Syrians in the valley, just like they defeated them in the hills. And the message was God is not only God of the valley, but God is also God of the hills. And God can not only fight in the hills, but God can also fight in the valley. Listen, a shadow and shade are the same thing. A shadow can never hurt you. When a shadow protects you from the sun,
then a shadow becomes a shade. And shade is sometimes a good thing. I said shade is sometimes a good thing. And God can make the shadow you are afraid of become shade that protects you. Come on, tell your neighbor, God can make the shadow you are afraid of become the shade that will protect you. Hallelujah. Though I walk through the valley and in the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Paul said, listen, the shadow of death is not something to be terrified by. Paul said in Romans 8 and 18, the sufferings of this present world are not worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in us. And he said to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. If Jesus is with you, then everything is all right and you can make it. And then the psalmist said, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. A rod is a weapon that's used against beasts of prey that might attack the sheep or the shepherd. Hallelujah. The staff is something that he leans on, that he extends to pull them out of danger. And the sheep were comforted by the fact that the shepherd was there, but that he also had a rod and he had a staff that he could use to deal with whatever the situation might have been. Then I love this next verse. Verse five, you prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup runneth over. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The last thing you wanna do when enemies are around is sit down at a table and have some food. The last thing you want to do when your enemies are upon you is deal with them while you're trying to eat and eat while you're trying to deal with them. If you eat at all, you usually eat quickly and you do it on the run. You don't do it sitting at a table. But when the Lord shows up, he says, come on and sit down. Let me fix the table. Let me prepare for you the very best that your heart could desire. Whatever your favorite dish is, I want to wait on you at the table. Don't worry about your enemies. I can serve you and deal with your enemies. Come on, tell your neighbor, neighbor, God can take care of you and deal with your enemies at the same time. And so he prepares a table before me in the presence of our enemy. Listen, your enemy can't approach while God is around. Your enemy can't harm you while God is on your side. If God be for us, who can be against us? So don't be surprised when your enemies are around. You need some enemies around so God can prepare a table in the presence of your enemies. Come on, tell your neighbor, don't worry. Don't worry about your enemies. You need some enemies around 
so the Lord can prepare you a table. Yes, yes. Sometimes that's why we don't have the table, because we don't have enemies. And the Lord is waiting on us to have some enemies so he can fix the table. The Lord can fix it, and the Lord can work it out. Oh, yes, he can. Oh, yes, he can. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And this reminds us of another name of God. In Exodus 17 and verse 15, the Bible says Moses built an altar and called its name Jehovah Nissi. The Lord is my banner. Or the Lord is my defender. Listen, when you've got enemies around, the Lord is your banner. The Lord is your defender. Tell your neighbor, the Lord is my banner. And the Lord is my defender. Be not dismayed. Whatever time, God will take care of you beneath his wings of love abide. God will take care of you. Come on, enemies. Watch me sit down. Watch me eat. I know it's going to be all right because the Lord is on my side. Yes, yes. Then the psalmist said in Psalm 23 and 6, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Come on, say it after me. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. If you follow him, Goodness and mercy will follow you for the mercy of God endures forever. And the psalmist said, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I'm going to stay with God and God is going to stay with me. So let's go back over this again. Let's start at the first. The Lord is my shepherd. That's Jehovah Roha. Tell your neighbor, Jehovah Roha means the Lord is your shepherd. I shall not want. That's Jehovah Jireh, which means the Lord will provide. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, Jehovah Jireh means the Lord will provide. He makes me lie down in green pastures. That's Jehovah Shalom for the Lord is my peace. He restores my soul. That's Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals me. Whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're confronted by, the Lord can fix it right now. Behold, in the name of Jesus, yes, he guides me in the path of righteousness. That's Jehovah Sitkanu, the Lord is our righteousness. And yea, though I walk through the valley and in the shadow of death, you're with me. That's Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is on my side. The Lord is present. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. That's Jehovah Nissi. The Lord is my defender. Tell your neighbor, the Lord will 
take care of you. Come on, let's praise him. Let's give him glory. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord will take care of you. Tell two people, the Lord will be a shepherd for you. Trouble might be on every hand. The way might be rough, but God will, God will take care of you. Oh, yes, he will. Oh, yes, he will. I've got to stop now. But Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I said, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. And he said, the good shepherd will lay down his life for the sheep. I'm so glad Jesus died for us. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. He died for us. He loved us just that much. You've got a shepherd. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, you've got a shepherd. You've got a shepherd who not only died for us, but early on the third day morning, he arose. I said, he arose. He got up from the dead. And the fact that Jesus got up from the dead means that I'm going to get up. I'm going to rise up not only from the dead, but from every bad situation that I may have to deal with. If he can deal with death, he can deal with anything. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, if Jesus could deal with death, he can do anything, anything. All things are possible. Do you have any rivers that you think are uncrossable? Do you have any mountains that you can't tunnel through? God will be your shepherd. God is able to do what no other power is able to do. God will take care of you. Stand up and praise him. Stand up and magnify him. Glory. Glory. Come on and praise him. Yes. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You're all we need. Thank you, Lord. You're our wonderful supply. Thank you, dear God. You're our healer. You're our shepherd. You're our provider. You're our way maker. Thank you, dear God. You take care of us when we cannot take care of ourselves. Clap your hands and give praise. Clap your hands and give praise. Clap your hands and give praise. I want to pray for somebody who needs a shepherd. I want to pray for somebody who's fighting the battle of life, living on this earth and you feel so alone. You have not given your life to the Lord Jesus. You've not accepted God as your Lord. 
And so you're battling by yourself the forces of life. When you don't have to walk alone, you don't have to live without God's involvement, God's help, God's strength. He says, I want to be your shepherd. If you need a shepherd today, if you need a God who will become a part of your life, come into your existence and bless you as you've never been blessed. Someone to provide for you and take care of you and guide you along the road of life. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. If you would say, preacher, I need a shepherd. I need to give my life to the Lord. I want to be saved. I want to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I want him to be my guide, my director, my shepherd. If that's your prayer, I'll pray for you right where you stand, right where you are. The Lord can come into your life and you'll never be the same again. He'll forgive your sins, draw you to himself, and make your life more than it ever could have been without him. I'll pray for you right where you stand, right where you are. The Lord can come into your heart. But I need to know that you desire prayer. If you would say, preacher, pray for me. I want Jesus to be my Lord. Lift your hand where you are. I'll pray for you right where you stand. Jesus can come into your life right where you are. Lift that hand, hold it high. Preacher, I want to be saved. I need a shepherd in my life. While those hands are lifted, let me pray. Dear Lord, I pray for every uplifted hand, for every individual in the room who has said, pray for me, I need God. The Lord, your word promises that if we would confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. The Lord, we accept you now as Lord and Savior. Come in and transform and change our lives. Everybody pray this prayer for me. Dear Lord, I'm sorry for all of my sins. Please forgive me for the wrong I've done and the wrong I have been. I want to be saved. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe he died for me. I believe he arose from the dead. I accept Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. I give my life to him. And I thank you, Lord. I'm saved. I thank you, Lord. I'm forgiven. I thank you, Lord. I have new life. Come on, clap your hands and give praise to the Lord. Give praise to the Lord. Give praise to the Lord.